Let's get sweaty. Hello and welcome to the Shenmue Dojo Show. It's here guys, it's arrived. Shenmue the Anime Episode 1 has dropped over the weekend and we're super excited to jump in and talk all about it. Discuss our thoughts, our feelings of what we just saw from the opening episode. So we literally just came out of a watch along over on our live stream, so the episode's still fresh in our thoughts as we attempt to break down what we just saw, provide a recap before the next episode and we hope that you can join us each week as we try to get you back up to speed before the next episode airs. So, as always, I'm here with my little watch-along buddy, Matthew. You bastard! Oliver. <laughs> How's it going? <laughs> All good, man. How, how are you doing? I think I've calmed down, I think. We'll see see how that how long that lasts. But yeah, I'm good. I'm good. That's good to hear, man. If you were, didn't get the, the reference there, you bastard, obviously that's what Ryo Hazuki says as he enters the dojo in the anime. Yeah. So just quickly, Matt, like, how does it feel now to be a Shemu fan in 2022? It, uh, do you know what? I don't know how I can describe it other than it's absolutely insane. Um, we'll get, Obviously, we'll talk about the anime and the detail around it, etc. in a minute, but we are in a really, really good place here. I think this is probably the biggest buzz we've had around the franchise since Shenmue 3 got announced. And um, it's feeding through the community. It's feeding through everything that's going on at the moment. Um, we're, yeah, it, it just feels great. I, I, I can't do it justice as to how good it feels. No, I, I agree, mate. It's just from where we've come to where we are now, I, I can't put into words you know, how amazing it feels to be a fan in 2022. <laughs> it's, we wouldn't have expected this. It's kind of just um, jumped on us, really, this anime. I, I don't know where it came from. Only a couple of years ago, we were still waiting for Shenmue 3 and then you know, all of a sudden we're getting such an influx of Shenmue content. It's it's incredible. But in case it wasn't immediately obvious, we're also joined today, and hopefully for each anime episode going forward, we're blessed by the presence of the voice of Titch Live. How's it going, Titch? Hello. Yeah, I'm doing great, thanks. Yeah, it's great to be here. Good stuff. For any listeners out there that might be on their morning commute today and have just uttered to themselves, Titch who? <laughs> just quickly, who the heck are you? So I make content on the internet. I mostly do YouTube videos and Twitch streams and I'm a huge fan of Shenmue. So yeah, a lot of my content has been quite Shenmue focused, but yeah, I do a lot of the games as well. So you've got your, your YouTube channel there, Titch Life, yeah? So head on over, subscribe. You also stream for the dojo every second Thursday. Yeah, that's it. I'm currently playing through Shenmue 3. So you've you've done your your playthrough of Shenmue One and Two that you can watch over on Titch Live's channel on YouTube, and obviously subscribe to the Dojo everywhere anyway, and then you'll get your notification when she goes live on that Thursday, and we'll also tweet out so you can expect to tune in to watch her carry on with a playthrough of Shenmue Three, which is great. And you're also doing Yakuza Zero. I mean, we don't want to talk about Yakuza too much in the Shenmue podcast, but yeah, if you want if you're into Yakuza as well, you can head over to Titch Live's channel and view that. So, guys, are you ready to start talking about what we've just seen from episode one? Let's do it. Right, so I'm going to start with the synopsis of episode one first. So, it's called Thunderclap, original air date, 6th of February 2022. 
and thus the saga begins. In Yokosuka 1986, Ryo Hazuki, the only legitimate heir of the Hazuki Dojo, spends his days training under a strict father Uau. One day he returns and witnesses a mysterious man called Landy attacking the dojo. So very typical introduction to Shenmue there, if you're familiar with the games. So Matt, coming from the episode we've just seen, and obviously feel free to chat as well, Titch, if you'd like to about this, but what are your immediate thoughts on the episode as a whole? I'm speechless. I put it this way, any doubts that any Shenmue fans may have had about what this anime would look like, the quality of it, the soundtrack, the way it's all presented, you can bury those deep because this is fantastic. It is Shenmue through and through, but it's also a new take on it, a different take on it, and it is absolutely stunning. Stunning, stunning. That's all I can say. It's so good. I'm so impressed. And you've actually watched it five times already today, Titch? <laughs> yeah, I don't want to admit that, really. <laughs> no, I've just... Oh, it's unbelievable. Just, I can't believe it, to be honest. I sort of woke up in, like, a dream state, like, oh, my God, if I, you know, just get on my So computer. did you wake up at half five? I was going to, but I went to bed too late. Right, <laughs> but, okay. Yeah, it was the first thing I thought about when I woke up was, right, I've got to get on that computer and get it on. And I was just like... There with my little Shenmue mug, just like, oh my gosh, so excited. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I mean, me and Matt, we've had that dilemma of not being able to watch it all day because we wanted to do the fresh reaction over on on Twitch with everyone. It's It's been painful. I'm jealous that you've been able to watch it five times. <laughs> but, <laughs> I, I have no idea how you managed to hold up last oh, in the yeah. whole day. It was not a single spoiler. So hard. My wife watched it before I did. And I shouted down that's for her, what, bad, did you, what did you think? <laughs> she said, very good at me. I'm like, right, that's all I need to know. Yeah, that's a bad thing to say in it. Your wife watched something Shemmy related before you. I know, but it was but deliberate, it. so we're allowed. Yeah. yeah, it's all good. So, Matt, I mean, before we actually get stuck into the episode breakdown, there's a point I want to make regarding the anime series. And you can do this every single week, I believe, right? So... I don't really want to suggest that this is happening, but it could could potentially be a thing that we're, we're getting a little bit of a review bombing over on a website called my what is it my anime list my anime list yeah. So every, everywhere else, you know your IMDb's everywhere else, it's all positive reviews, but my anime list for some reason there's a little bit of a downvoting on so not not a calamitous sort of thing. We're, it's still about a six point five, but that's stark difference from like the 9.5 over on imdb so matt if you can explain what people can do listeners can do that our shemu fans have been enjoying the anime anime sorry and we need them to get their voices heard to increase the likelihood of not only a second season but also a shemu for what can they do so it's actually very simple what you need to be doing is getting over onto my anime list signing yourself up adding shenmu the anime to your watch list liking it on there as well and then you give it a star rating out of 10. Um, so if, like us, you absolutely adored the anime today, you get in there and you give it a 10 out of 10. And we start countering some of these review bombs. Some reviews, I will say, on balance are fair. People aren't going to like everything. That's fine. No issue with that. I have an issue with people going deliberately review bombing because they think it's fun to, to trounce on the Shenmue community. So we need to stand up as a community and pull that back. It's quite easy. It takes two minutes to sign up with an email address and password, and and you can you can just rate it on there out of ten. Ten stars, job done. 
IMDb, very similar. It's um, out of 10. I think it's around a 9.4, 9.5 on there. So it's doing really, really well at the moment. And on Crunchyroll itself, I think there's 100 reviews there or thereabouts as, as of right now. And it's got five stars out of five. So everywhere else, I think it speaks volumes for what's going on over on my an- my anime list. Yeah, and we've all seen it. We've I've got a negative to say about it. It's not like we're just. I mean, we have got obviously that Shemu bias a little bit, but I I could tell straight away how the quality of it, based on the trailers, I was expecting to watch a quality anime, and it it just blew them out of the water. To be honest, my expectations, I think. I couldn't have asked for anything more. And in fact, what I was asking for is, is better than that. Do you know what I mean? It's So hopefully we can try and bring that score back up over on my anime list because I feel like it's got a good presence in terms of the anime community. A lot of people do use that website to judge what anime they want to watch next or judge an opinion based on an anime before they even watch it kind of thing. So if we can bring that score back up there, guys, that would be a massive help for Shenmue. So we're going to attempt now to break down the episode. So hopefully you've already watched episode one yourselves. If you haven't and you don't mind being spoiled, spoilers are going to start now. We're going to be talking about everything that we've just seen in the episode, scene for scene. We've got some amazing notes from Titch, who's because obviously we, we haven't been able to watch it until just. So Titch, five-time watcher Titch, she's... Uh, <laughs> She's uh, managed to break down the whole episode in some great notes that we're going to use as we go through the episode now. So follow along, guys, and hopefully this will be a nice recap before we move into episode two next Sunday, or whenever it airs for yourself. So episode one, it started with the introduction to the series. We've got clouds in the sky, sort of, I think a few lightning strikes, I think I remember seeing, and then the mirror design coming onto the screen there before we head into the opening scene which might be familiar if you've the tail end of Shenmue 2 or at the start of Shenmue 3 uh, very reminiscent of the the cave scene right guys yeah yeah it's nigh on one to one I think it's probably nearer the Shenmue 3 cave than 2 mm. but one one thing that struck me was the way it was presented in terms there was, there was a lot of water around and um, there was a there's a rainbow coming through the water as well and it felt eerie. It felt, I don't know, there was a lot of mystery around that cave. Like, and I know we know what's been going on. We've been following this for 20 years. But for somebody new coming in, I think it set an, a sort of a good question mark as to what's going on here. Why are they in the cave? And then obviously he puts the mirror in and it reveals the mirrors on the wall and and everything. I just, the cave just, well, it got me on stream. It, I was welling up seeing that. And, and mm. the music around it, the atmosphere, yeah, that that operatic sort of singing with the main theme underneath it, it was just it was fantastic. It felt so good. Have you got any thoughts on perhaps why they've chosen to show a scene that happens later on in the series at the very start of the game? Um, I suppose it's sort of it's just jumping straight in, isn't it? It's giving you a feel for what's to come in the story because. Even going throughout the whole episode, there was, there was a lot of back and forth and going into like the past and looking at little you know, young mm. Rio with his dad under the tree. And yeah, I think that's true. Yeah, yeah I think they were just sort of giving that impression that there was going to be a lot of that in the series. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. And I think, like Matt was saying, it's it does set up that mysterious element. So we obviously 
when we first played Shenmue for the first time, you've seen just that introduction scene, Ryo's dad dying, and it does take quite a while before any of these mysterious elements are thrown into the storyline. So a lot of people, a lot of new players at that time, perhaps stopped it. You hear a lot of people talking about the Sailor's reference. So to me, that's kind of like they didn't get past that point in the, in the game. So they'd never actually found out or discovered these other elements that are involved in the storyline. So to have that up front is quite nice, actually, because it kind of like it shows the other side of Shenmue. And um, it's kind of like that hook into what could potentially come throughout the series. Yeah, that's a very good point. <laughs> yeah, because it's, it's sort of like... Um... It's for the people that sort of gave up the game and, you know, think it's sort of mundane and not much happens in it. It sort of says, well, actually, if you stick it out, this is all the sort of excitement and drama that you can look forward to. Yeah, exactly. And I think it did take getting to the end of the second game for people to really feel that strongly about the series moving forward, like how we all rallied for the third game was based on that ending because it was such a cliffhanger, such a crazy thing that people that didn't actually get to that point in the series don't really realise, I don't think, you know, why we'd be so <laughs> excited or pushing towards a third game like if it was just a forklift simulate, <laughs> simulator. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I think the biggest thing with it, and we'll talk about this more in a minute, I think Shenmue as a game gets an unfair reputation for its pacing. It is slow paced, but it picks up towards the end. Obviously, two is a lot quicker. But I think with what they've done with the anime is they've 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 hit the ground running yeah. with the pacing. I think they've really just gone after it with that cave scene, as as Titch was saying, is it, and those those flashbacks in in between as well. It's they've just they've, they've gone after that story, those key story elements, nice and early to set that set that scene and get that person hooked. And I think from my point of view as, as a Shenmue fan, it works really well. But I would imagine somebody who's never played the games before or was unsure would see that and go, actually, this is a bit more interesting than I give it credit for. Which is kind of what we want. We want people to watch the series and be more interested in Shenmue as a franchise. And I think, like say, these hooks and stuff like that are immediately setting the tone. So moving on from the cave scene, we see November 1986, Yokosuka. Kind of a new scene, actually. So we've got Ryo. He's getting ready to leave the Hazuki Dojo to attend a karate tournament. Ine-san's there, Fuku-san's there, wishing him well. And Ine-san actually asks Ryo to come back for a special meal later. So there is this sort of ongoing tournament feel that's that's going on in Ryo's life here. It alludes to the fact that if he does well in this tournament, he's going to get into a decent university. And if you remember from the game, Ryo does say something about to Nozomi, doesn't he, uh, about where he wants to study next kind of thing. Mm. And he says, wherever I can study karate is is where he wants to go kind of thing. So they do allude to that a little bit here. And then we get a nice scene actually outside the Hazuki residence with Yamagashi-san and Iwao chatting to each other, which was nice to see, right? Yeah, that that for me, heart back to the Sega Saturn days when you've got Ryo, Fukusan and Iwao sort of talking outside the dojo. I think it just gives... A, it builds that relationship with Yagamashi, obviously a family friend to a wow, and builds that relationship. And you actually get some more about a wow as, as a father and a teacher. He seems very strict. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems very stoic, actually. He's a bit more like Rio in the games in some respect, in, in that way. But you can tell that even though Rio doesn't necessarily understand him, there's a, there's a deep-rooted respect there for, for what who he thinks his father is. But we'll, that, that point changes a bit later on, but we'll will come to it. But I, I, I like that. It's a bit of characterization that we never got before. It fits in really well. And 
also, I, I don't know, Titch, you might, I don't know if you disagree with this or not, is I, it almost felt like Rio was trying to get his father's approval, like he never quite got it, it seemed that way. Yeah, totally, yeah. He sort of is, I totally agree with the point about his his father being like a stoic teacher. He's, he's quite sort of hard-faced throughout the episode, <laughs> for want of a better way of putting it. But yeah, I, I do really admire the fact that they've gone in depth with the character building because I, I assume there's not a lot of that you can do in the games and given how old they are, etc. So yeah, I do like how they just went straight in there with uh, Yamagishi-san. I thought that was brilliant. It's a nice little bit of uh, fan service, isn't it? Just seeing a wow in a state of like where he's not dead <laughs> basically is nice. Just seeing how... His father relates to Rio a little bit throughout his, you know, like he's got that sort of teacher presence and seems like he's very strict on Rio. Uh, just nice seeing his, his, his uh, family friend there, Yamagashi-san. So moving on then. So from that scene, we do get an interesting element now where it's it seems to be kind of switch. I don't know if it's just this episode or hopefully throughout the series, keep switching back to Bailu Village in Guilin. So we're going to see like a, an arc of Shenfua before she ultimately meets Rio. Spoilers, actually. I, I, I don't know how much of the, the future games we're going to talk about, so just be mindful that we may spoil <laughs> <laughs> little elements of the game that we know from the games anyway. But yeah, so it's nice to see Shenfar getting an, a bit of an introduction to the series already. Yeah, I think so. I think, bearing in mind in the games, we, we, we it takes, what, two games to even meet her properly. She's in, Rio, she's in Rio's dreams. There's obviously the prophecy which is going around the games is quite prominent in the games anyway. But to actually see mm-hmm. a bit more about her in terms of like she's interacting with the goat early on, so she seems obviously she's at one with nature. She's quite quite innocent in that respect. Hopefully, we get more of that like as as we sort of progress towards meeting her and to the cave scene. If it does go that far, I'd like to see more of her in Bailey Village, the people she's around, and just how how she develops as a character is there is there any lore around her in terms of her a lineage or anything like that will we get any of those sorts of details so i'm quite pleased they're going down that route i think it makes sense and i think it just gives again it's another side to her character we haven't seen before yeah 100 it's it's nice seeing that shenmue 3-esque Bailey village in the background as well it's like that is part of the lore now isn't it we've we've, we've take it for granted a little bit but seeing it in this form it's like that is Bailey village and it's nice that it's represented in that, that manner. So that quickly moves on to what appears to be the, the karate tournament that was uh, spoken about prior to this scene. Um, if I don't know if someone wants to talk about this. Go for it, Titch. Here. Oh, cranky. <laughs> <laughs> right, so the next scene, they immediately cut to the karate tournament from the eastern sky. So it literally cuts from Shenhua looking up at the sky. I think she's looking at the moon. Mm. Does it's kind of like the clouds open or something? Yeah, it, I think it's a moon or a star. So I don't know whether it's another reference to you know the northern star that sort of runs through mm. the lore of the series. But yeah, it jumps straight from that into a shot of Rio <laughs> kicking someone down onto the floor. So yeah, he's, he's beating an opponent down, um, and then straight after that, he's leaving the tournament with his teammates, and they're all sort of all in good spirits, like, "Oh, Rio is so great," with you know. We're geniuses for getting Rio on board into our team because <laughs> otherwise, you know, we wouldn't be winning the tournament without him. So, yeah, so they're going up the stairs after the tournament with the teammates and they, they can hear another team behind them talking and it turns out they're the reigning champions of the tournament. And then they start trash-talking Rio's teammates <laughs> right in front of them, right in earshot, saying stuff like, oh, you only got good because Rio joined your team. 
which is a bit bit harsh. <laughs> but I suppose, you know, there's that sort of that's what a lot of like boxers do, isn't it? Before they have a big fight, they sort of you know, trash talk one another to get them all heated and ready for the match. But after that, very quickly, before any sort of drama happens between the two teams, uh, you see Rio's coach running up the stairs behind and you know, he gives Rio a few words of encouragement to uh, get him prepared for the big fight because it then jumps straight into the next scene, which is Rio battling against the reigning champion. And lo and behold, Rio takes out that reigning champion in one blow, in one hit, straight to the ground. But a really interesting point that sort of came out of that moment was Rio says something about the fact that nobody's been able to land a punch on him before. So it's a little bit of sort of arrogance from Rio. He's sort of sure of his ability in that sense. Mm, it's interesting, isn't it? And it looked like, it kind of looked to me, I mean, I, it's probably not, but it looked like that sort of pit blow punch into his stomach. It's the guy with the glasses, right, that gets thrown, thrown backwards and... That's it, yeah. Yeah, poking fun at him. But I don't necessarily, is that like a precursor to Landy doing the same to his father. And it's like, it's just setting the, the tone there that Rio's of this level ability or whatever, it is capable of one hitting this guy. And then obviously the next scene that we're going to get into in a moment, which you can talk about if you want, Matt, with the black car approaching. Yeah, I like this actually. So obviously Rio's taken, won this won this tournament with relative ease. In, in fact, I like that attitude actually. It's, it's different. It sets a bit of arrogance, a bit of cockiness which, as we know, is going to get utterly destroyed very shortly. But the car sort of speeding towards uh, Dubuita and and obviously the Hazuki Dojo with Landy in it. I like that shot, actually. It's just you get just enough of him. So you see Landy in the car, which is, again, like I say, it's a, it's a nice sort of touch, a bit of mystery around him, a bit of you know, who's this guy. You get just enough of him. That car's speeding as well. It seems quite erratic, which we we get later. Probably killed the kitten's mother. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. And gave somebody a bad back and all of that. <laughs> um, so they, and Rio leaves the tournament with his friends and he says he needs to go because he's got training. So it, so he runs off and he's got his meal at home as well. Ine sounds going to cook for him. And then you get a shot of Tom's boombox. Um, disappointingly, like in inverted commas, it wasn't playing his standard theme, but it was playing some sort of boombox music. And he offered. So, are you saying that's the one negative of the series match? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Cancel it. Cancel it now. (laughs) No. Um, Is they 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 change his music up? Um, He's serving some hot dogs, and then he catches Rio, calls him Karate Boy, which I thought was quite funny. Mm, Very very um, Tom esque into some of his dialogue. That nice sort of Tom laid back attitude, which which is pretty cool. And he tries to get to buy a hot dog. Rio just politely says, "I know I'm going home." And then you go into Sakurajoka and the snow starts and Rio sort of passes commonly it's getting a bit cold. And Do you, you think get... he's um, surprised it's snowing then? He, I mean, he, it is like December, isn't it? November, yeah, December, he, so. he seems surprised by it, but yeah. it being fair enough, it did, I mean, it did sort of give a nice element of cold, actually. I was just disappointed there's no crunch of the snow, but, you know, that's just a pet peeve Are of you mine. saying that's another negative of the... Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm hammering this now. No. Yeah. Um, and then you get He's he's distracted by the sound of Nozomi shouting from the park, who's protecting this young boy. So for those who've played the games, you'll remember that this happens a little bit after. In actual fact, after you've spoken to Tom and talked about, um, I think, um, the initial Chinese people bit, 
you um, you have this part fight after, whereas they've now pulled it forward, which I, I think it makes sense. I know you were saying on stream, James, that they brought that forward in the movie as well. Yeah, in the Shemi the movie that they really stand alone mm. to get players caught up with Shemi 2 beforehand. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this was like the opening scene of that for some yeah. reason, but it, you know, again, they've kind of used it before getting to the, the dojo introduction. Yeah, and Nozomi, in, in true Nozomi fashion from the games as well, won't back down. And this, this the kid's knocked his um his ice cream out of his hand, and you can see he's crying a little <laughs> bit, which made me chuckle. Yeah. Very yeah, anime. Yeah. He's crying. Uh, Rio turns up, basically tells him to get lost, and they go, oh, "Do you want basically? Do you want some?" And he goes, "Well, it's up to you." They go for Rio, and he just again takes him down with relative ease. And then you get this like little scene afterwards where Rio's talking to Nozomi, gives her a handkerchief to sort of clean herself up. You check she's okay, but it's quite clear like Nozomi's like all over him. Obviously mm. not physically, but sort of emotionally she's all over him. And then Rio's been a bit more kinder to her, isn't he? In, yeah, in he, like it, in comparison to the games, he's quite cold, but actually here he's quite warm and quite caring of her without going to you know without giving too much away i thought that was quite a nice a nice mm. touch and then he he leaves uh says he keep handkerchief and he he starts running back home which is where obviously the iconic cutscene begins basically he starts running home it's getting dark there's a thunderstorm in the sky kind of going on with lightning strikes or whatever and he, he actually notices the the black car he like turns and notices the black car outside his home which is obviously unusual to see and the hazuki dojo signs damaged on the scare, uh, staircase leading to the front garden finds ine-san on the floor which he you know it's very reminiscent of the game at this point uh, he rushes over to the dojo fukusan's launch through the doors typically and then this face-off battle between Awao and Landy starts, and it's it's crazy. It kind of just jumps straight into it. I know Rio enters and sees his father there, and there isn't too much chat between Landy and Awao like in the game. It's kind of like he's just brutal. He's um, I forget exactly what Landy says, but he mentions obviously he killed his father, kind of thing, and and then suddenly Landy's getting this massive kick to Awao's face, and you see the blood streaming out of Awao's nose. It's I feel like a lot of the fight scenes in the anime are a lot more brutal than they are in the games. They are. They're very, very impactful. Some of those punches, you can sort of feel them, which I think is really, really good. They're very just... Yeah, all the fight scenes are well done, I think. I have no complaints about them at all. Um, maybe could go on a bit longer because I want more of it, but that's just me being greedy. Yeah, I mean, they've fitting it quite tight, tightly into these 23-minute episodes. But this is, this is a cool moment, actually, because this is a, a sort of new twist for the anime series, but this is where Rio gets his famous scar, basically, under his eye. So Landy has a bit of a tussle with Rio, and it's almost like the side of his his hand, isn't it? It's like a mm. knife, how sharply it just brushes past his face, and it just cuts and gives him that infamous scar. And um, we, we were speaking a little bit, Matt, like how that kind of resonates a bit more, really. Like in the game, it's a bit of a joke, like Rio's always got the plaster on his face. It's it's with him for months and months and months and months, and it's like, you know, what, what what's the significance of this plaster? But now we're actually are getting a significance to it that it's it's impacted from Landy's actually giving him the scar. And I was thinking like that's that's quite a cool concept in in theory because as Rio walks around, you know, if he sees his reflection ever in the mirror, obviously you're going to see yourself in the mirror at some point. Every time you see that scar on your face, you're going to be reminded of this day. The day that your father died, it's quite um, quite a cool concept, I thought. It's quite striking, I think, is the way I, I would put it. 
and it's symbolic, very very much symbolic of of that day of Rio not being good enough to to touch Landy. And he actually, I think he turns around and says to him, Rio, you're not even on my level to fight me. Which I thought, mm. given the previous scene where he was in the in the tournament and he absolutely mullered that guy in one punch, it's quite striking the contrast of the the, the level of opponent that Rio's gone up against from you know, somebody in a karate club at a school to a legitimate martial arts master who's destroyed another master pretty easily in fairness and then he just takes it takes, takes down rio with with consummate ease yeah so this is where he gives him the ultimatum he's got his hands around his throat kind of thing and asks where the mirror is and uh, obviously then we get landy's henchman go and get the mirror from under the tree and this is where landy finishes the wow's father Rio's father, um, a wow, and uh, you just see there that that moment of Rio holding his father in his arms and basically dying. Now this is interesting, and and Titch, you've watched this more than I have. In fairness, <laughs> I've watched this. I've watched this once. The line has changed. Um, obviously, get up, I'll allow you to die like a warrior. That's changed. Yep. I'll give you a warrior's death. Um, I don't know how that sat with me, just because the line's quite iconic. I mean. Titch, you've seen it. What did you What did you think of that line being changed? Yeah, it it, it felt like really weird to be honest. I totally agree. It was just I think because we're going into the anime with expectations, and mm. you know, because as sort of diehard fans, we've got like the lines pretty much embedded in our heads from the games. So you sort of when when you've played the games so many times and you get used to them saying them, you sort of got this expectation that they're going to say that specific line, and then. Yeah, it, it doesn't come out, but it's interesting because I wonder if it's something to do with you know the translation. Um, Possibly. Jap- Could be a factor like the prophecy. Yeah, totally, yeah. So the Japanese to English translation, there's a few things that could, I, I assume could go sort of arrive from there as well. It loses that meaning, but... Yeah, I, I see exactly what you're saying with that. I mean, with the prophecy trait, the prophecy poem, we've had about four or five translations over the years, if if not more. And it actually feeds into another point here. Obviously, before a wow dies in the game, he turns around when when Landy's about to take him down and says, "It can't be you." And then here, he he rec- it's almost like he recognised Landy more that he 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 twigged. If you if you get, yeah. what, I, I, I'm trying to think. I, I can't think of the line he said. I'm gonna try and find it. So, bear with me a second. Uh, he says, "Do you remember Zooming Zhao? That's the name of the man you killed." That, and he says, then you must be. And f- for me, that's telling in that he, in the games, it's like disbelief. And he's not quite sure. Here, it's definitive. He knows who Landy is. So in a sense, he's, does he, do you think he knows him by face or just by name? I by, think by... It could have been a, a kid, I'm trying to say, like, Landy could have been a young boy if we are to believe that, oh, wow, killed his father kind of thing, and maybe, you know, he hasn't recognised him as such by face. Or do you think it is just more of like a... Now you're saying, do you remember Zhao Shining? <laughs> it's like, oh, you you know, it must be you. I, I Titch, you might be a better place to answer this than me, because I'm trying <laughs> to still get my thoughts through. <laughs> We're kind of getting to like a unknown entity discussion, really. I mean, they're not too dissimilar from each other in my in my eyes. I mean, you've got the recognition of Landy, regardless. It's just a, a slightly different quote, I suppose, from a while. 
Yeah, I think this this brings in a point of actually, are we going to see more of a Wales past? Because there's a quote in the trailers from from Landy going, what do you really know about your father's past? So are we going to see more of that? And is that sort of a way in to that, if you, if, if you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but anyways, I mean, we do get obviously the same iconic line after that. We got the keep friends, those you love close to you. At least they didn't mis- mistranslate that one. If we are to believe uh, there's a little bit of mistranslation going, but yeah, um, spot on. So after that, we see Landy heading back in the black car, and uh, the, there's another line actually, Matt, and where it alludes to Landy being aware that there's another second mirror, like there's another mirror. But obviously, if he if he was to believe that it was a wow that had that, surely he would have got it there and then as well. So he doesn't know that a wow's got it, kind of like following the game storyline that. Landy kind of knows there's a second mirror, but he doesn't know that Awao's got it kind of thing. But Chai, on the other hand, he's overheard this. And are we to believe then that maybe Chai just assumes that Rio or, or, or his father had the mirror? I mean, I th- I'd i be interested to know as to how Chai knew where to go, because he's obviously looking for Landy's approval, that we know from the games. But whether he's sort of put two and two together and gone that way, but it seems like that's probably the case. But I, I don't. I just would have liked a little bit more of maybe how he knew. But that could come in in, in later. That episodes. could come later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we won't dwell on that too much. So I mean, Titch, do you want to carry on with the next little section, this Hazuki Dojo bit? Yeah, sure. So the the episode cuts to a few days later, and there's a police car outside the Hazuki Dojo, and it it shows some shots of Iwao's room, and Ryo sort of stood there looking around at other things and. There's a few sentimental items on display, including a, a picture of Rio with his father under the cherry tree. And in that moment as well, it shows Rio touching the little plaster that he's put on his face to hide his, mm. his cut that he got from Landy. Again, that's kind of like a, a point, kind of like what I was saying, how it's it's like a permanent scar reminding him of his father now, really, if if that's what he's, he's touching it for, like a yeah. bit of a realisation that this damage is permanent and the scars can't heal kind of thing. Yeah, totally. It's like alluding to it being like a thorn in his side. Mm. Like, That's a good way of putting it, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I, I agree with that. It's, it, it goes back to that symbolism of it, of mm. that, the yeah. significance of that scar and and just how he got it and how behind Rio is from Landy that he took down his father so easily. And also I think that's going to play, that scar will play more of a more of a role. I think as we go through the series, I think that's going to be interlinked to key moments with his with his teachings and things as well as we go. And it's it's touched upon later on in the episode anyway. You don't think, I don't know if either of you seen Berserk, sort no. of Berserk or whatever. No. <laughs> the dude's got a scar and every time he's like, he's near to like these enemies, it starts throbbing and he touches it. I don't, I don't I'm not saying that we're going to see something like that. I just thought, I just made me think of that. <laughs> It's like Harry Potter as well, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Every time you get close to Landy, it starts triggering. <laughs> yeah, this is an interesting point. So the police are actually inside the house and they're talking to Inison and Fuxon, who are sort of sat on the step right near the front door. Mm. And mm-hmm. Inason passes a box of documents to the police because she believes there's contact information in there of people that Iwal has sort of known. Did we see anything of the of the box? Like... Yeah, I think there's like a shot of Ian like p- pushing it forward. There's quite a few documents in there, so I'd be interested to know what is actually in there. Yeah, I, I mean, it sort of then cuts into Rio sort of basically saying they're not going to do anything, these documents, which is a bit further into the scene. But one thing I liked here is actually see 
like the photo of Rio with his father under the cherry tree. I love that. It's such a nice little nod. Is that in the box? Um, oh no, that was on a on a desk. It was on his desk, and I, I just like that. And it's it's just it brings up his emotions again, and it it feeds into what we were sort of saying a little bit previously in terms of he's a bit warmer towards Nozomi in terms of his character. Here, there's more. It feels like he's on more of a journey with his grief than it does in the games, and that's not a criticism of the games. I think. He's more angry in the games. What they've done, I think they've given Rio an extra dimension to his character in terms of how, you, how you're dealing with grief. He's just lost his father, who he's now doubting who he might have been because he's, you know, his father's been accused of killing someone. And he's yeah. going through like three or four journeys, grief, anger, revenge, not understanding who his father was. So he, he's going to be understandably conflicted. And I think that's what they're trying to build on. And I, I really like that side of Rio. It, it, it's... A side I didn't think we'd get, but a side I'm really pleased to see. And he does seem a lot more arrogant, doesn't he, Rio? Like, he's standing there, he's he's almost, I was going to say trash-talking to Enisan, uh, but he's almost like being a bit of a spoiled brat kind of thing, like, why are you getting them involved? It's um, unusual to see Rio, his character there isn't um, yeah. shown too much in the, in the, in the video games, but, it, it, you know, it's nice to see a bit more personality for Rio, actually. Yeah, and I think it's it might be more fitting of an eighteen year old as well a little bit. Yeah. Um, again, it's not not a criticism of the games. He, I think his character development in the games might happen a little bit faster in terms of a point in the game. Whereas I think here they're planting more seeds for it, and that's great. That's fine. I'm quite happy with that. It's just a, it's a different interpretation, isn't it? At the end of, the day of his character, but it's really nice. It's good to see. So it cuts over to Yokosuka High School, and Nozomi is. Stood in an empty classroom and she's packing all packing up all the stuff. She's looking quite pensive and she's looking quite closely to the handkerchief that Rio you know, gave her after she uh, got in a fight with the thugs. Don't know if it's got more like a that handkerchief's got a bit of a symbolism or something. Do you think, or is it just a prop they're using? Yeah, I, th- I think they're using it as like the sentimentality and you know, like oh, <laughs> it's sort of like a keepsake to her, isn't it? Yeah, I suppose they do that, don't they? Because like in the game, she gives him an amulet towards the end. So <laughs> I don't know if she she's feels as strongly about a handkerchief. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think they're trying to develop the sort of budding romance between the two, if you want to call it that, because <laughs> it doesn't really lead anywhere. But yeah, I think that's what they're trying to get to with these scenes with Nozomi looking all sort of emotional and sort of gushy at Rio and over the handkerchief as well. I think that's what they're trying to get across in the anime, that Nozomi is a potential love interest, maybe. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Good stuff. So we move into Sakuroka Park. There's a shot of Rio. He's sitting alone on his, well, on a bench in Sakuroka Park. He's he's watching, actually, not to my knowledge, like a character from the game series, but he's watching a father and a son play on the swings together, which is quite a a nice moment, I thought. He's obviously... Visually upset, thinking about his father, and then we get a bit of a flashback of Rio as a child practicing karate with his dad under the cherry tree. So yeah, so young Rio seems to not understand what a wow's advice actually means. So we get we get to a little bit later in the show where that sort of element comes back to help Rio. Actually, we'll get back to that soon. Just a nice small little scene there. I don't know if there's too much to talk about that as such but again it's just nice to see Rio actually thinking about his father in a different context than we used to from the game series so moving into Dubuita Street now nice friendly 
familiar place of Dubuita Street. I, I, I like the touches actually of the environments as the shots pan around and you see like the, the Dubuita signs and you know some of the shops that you're familiar with from the games. So he's he's walking down the street. He's, he's thinking about how his father had killed someone. So this is point, Matt. There's sort of like this element going on where it seems like instead of a revenge sort of tale, they seem to be going more from, from the angle of like, could Rio's father have committed murder? Could he have done this? That he's, he's, um, Rio's just found out that perhaps his dad's capable of murder. How do you take this sort of slightly different angle that it's not full-on revenge typical revenge sort of storyline it's like it's it's got a bit more of a, a mysterious element to it i like it i really like it i think it's it's quite a natural way to go because you know someone's accusing your father of killing somebody and bearing in mind he despite their relationship being quite i think you know, wow was a very strict dad and teacher i think mm-hmm. rio had his father on a pedestal and this is making him questioning everything he knew about him so it, it it's a nice dimension to a revenge story it, because it's more than a revenge story. It's a, it's a journey of does he know who his father is? Does he understand the teachings of martial arts? And, and, and will he grow as a person? I, I think it's, again, it just feeds into his character more. I think it makes it more relatable as well in that respect. Yeah. He's not just angry here. He's going through the journey of grief and and doubt and self-doubt and everything, everything in between. I just, I think it just gives him another layer that we, we didn't get previously. Yeah. So instead of just the revenge element, he's actually, he's seeking answers, isn't he? Mm. And, and you, and you would, you'd want to seek answers and it, I'm trying to think the way I can put it, I just think it's, it's, it, it feels natural in that respect, going through that journey. And obviously as the scene moves on and we're, we're talking about this now I think it's probably a good point is obviously Nozomi catches up with him and they sort of have an awkward moment where she gives him the handkerchief back. The she, snot and tear-ridden Yeah, God knows what else <laughs> on it. And, and obviously, you know, he expresses her condolences and everything but, and offers to be there. And then, like, she, she, she says, well, let's get some food from Tom's hot dog truck um, and makes... Uh, Rio laugh when her stomach rumbles. Now, Rio laughing took three games. It's taken That's about true. 13 yeah. minutes here or however long. And this, this is point. like right on the tail end of his father just dying. So she's cracked a, not just a smile, but a laugh out of Rio. Yeah, cool. and I think any solace, any sort of break from being in grief and understand, and trying to figure out what's happened and and dealing with your own emotions, that light-hearted moment, I think, again, is is part of the character, is part of the building. I do, I mean, if I have to be critical, it did, in, in some respects, I think they've they've moved this on, and this is something my wife was saying to me, is they, they sort of moved this on quite quickly in terms of story, 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 where she's saying some other animes tend to build the precursor life before. So you get mm. to know a while a bit more, you get to know a bit more of the life before the incident. Now that could well happen in flashbacks and other bits and pieces. And I, I get the impression it will do, but yeah, if I was being critical, I would possibly have liked a little bit more of the pre stuff, but I'm being hypercritical when I say it. And then this is interesting. sort of moving through the scene, they go over to Tom's hot dog truck, but he's not serving any food because his truck's been hit by the black car, which is a slight change on the game where they almost took out a couple of his customers and he gave, gave him a piece of his mind. Yeah, it works thought, quite well, though. It's like yeah. a physical sort of damage. Yeah, and it's, know, again, it triggers Rio a little bit when he sees the mark. He's like, was that a black car? And then it triggers Rio again. And mm. 
but he starts touching his plaster again. Again, it's 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 feeding into that symbolism around that scar. And then they sort of move on and go and get some food at Aijiichi restaurant, and he's deep in thought. And Nozomi, being you know being worried about him, starts sort of probing him about who he's thinking about, and he says, "Oh, Landy." And then a man um, hears him. It's um, Leo from Leo Barbers, which they've obviously sort of condensed this in to get this in. I think says, "Oh, he could be part of the Chinese mafia or the underground. They operate out of the out of the harbour, the port, um, which means they can sort of get through immigration." Which hmm. is a based that a- on his name, actually, didn't he? He overheard that just the name Landy and said that that sounds like a name that is connected to the Chinese mafia, yeah. which is a bit I don't know. And then, like, Rian and Zomi go off on their separate ways after this, and she asks him if he's ever coming back to school, and he's saying, well, things get a bit more normal, he will. And she, yeah. it's like he's been noticeably absent from school, but, I mean, obviously we don't know how long it's been between the death and sort of the scenes afterwards. In the games, it's, what, three, four days, and then the journey starts, so you won't miss that much of school at that point. So it intimates here that he could have missed longer. He could be sort of in grief for longer, maybe, mm, or before he starts true. going on this journey. It's just, it's just a side point more than anything else. But it's quite, it's just, again, it's a different sort of take on it. Yeah, for sure, man. All right. So we're back with Rio under the cherry tree and he's thinking about Landy to himself. And he, he's starting to feel a bit deflated. So we're seeing, you know, again, more of a different side to Rio. He's sort of thinking, oh, you know, I don't think I'm going to be able to do anything about my father's death so he's starting to come to a realization that he's not as strong as he thinks he is even though he's done so well in the tournament and then he starts to sort of turn around and he notices that the door's open on the dojo which obviously (laughs) it can't be a normal thing so he's curious he starts to sneak inside and then you see the shadow of chai start to run up and attack rio and he starts to push rio up against the wall and he says where's the second mirror and then a fight starts. Rio starts trying to throw punches at Chai. But again, Rio thinking he's tougher than he actually is and stronger. Chai uh, throws him to the ground and Rio's plaster flies off. So again, we're alluding to that scar again. It's another bit of symbolism there. And whilst Rio's on the ground trying to get himself together and get up again, he actually has another flashback to his father. And then he sort of has this realisation that actually all this stuff my father said in the past, so... It shows the scene where he's talking to his father by the pond before he goes to the tournament. It shows that scene again. And then it shows the scene of young Rio and his father underneath the tree. And it sort of flashes back to Rio in real time. And he says, actually, I understand what my father's been trying to tell me all this time. Mm, Sudden (laughs) realisation. Yeah, after all that. (laughs) So he starts to think, he, he sort of... The camera sort of starts panning around Rio and he gets up and he, he says, actually, Chai is stronger than me, but the best way I can actually get around him is to read what he's going to be doing, read his movements. And then Rio actually starts to move towards Chai. And every time Chai throws a punch, you see Rio swiftly blocking them. And then in the end, Rio sees the opportunity and he lands a huge punch into Chai's stomach, which takes Chai aback. And then we start to hear about the prophecy again and the theme song starts to play sort of mid-fight. So it's sort of building up to big moments of the ending scenes of the episode. Yeah. And Rio sort of gets his strength together and he eventually sends Chai flying out the dojo with a powerful kick. Kind of like reminiscent of (laughs) what they did to (laughs) Fukusan. Yeah. Fukusan goes flying. It's like Chai's going out flying now. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I I love that, actually, when... 
obviously I think that the theme of teaching and the ability to reflect within a situation like that's going to be a common theme here we know it from Shenmue 2 with the whole um mind as clear as a polished mirror stuff with learning counter yeah. algo assault I think you can get a lot of that here a lot of those teachings of understanding things of trying to process things in certain moments and obviously this is the first of of many but the fact that they were like playing the prophecy and the Shenmue theme song started it was mixed in and you also had Chai's music in there from the games as sort of a remix as well setting that tone setting that atmosphere that was really well done again it's a it's a new take on an on an old you know an old script and it's it's done really 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 well and when he sends him out with that kick it, it's really impactful that he, you know, he goes flying through the door and you sort of you finish the prophecy the music dies down and then Fukusang obviously t- comes running because he hears his commotion and Chai's legged it at this point and that's when Fukusan and Ine-san obviously say we want to contact the police uh Rio says you know persuade them not to and then he confirms he's going to pursue the truth about his father's past which is interesting because as we said just recently it's not all about revenge he wants to know about his father and then after sort of doing that Ine Sans gives him the letter that she's been keeping hold of, which, if I'm again a li- little, if I'm being balanced on this, is that it seemed a little easy. He didn't have to talk her into it too much. Whereas in the games, it's, she's hidden it from him, and it's quite a big deal. Whereas here, she just hands it to him. Obviously, it's addressed to uh, to a wow from Yuanda Zoo, and it's turned up after, assuming after he died. Yeah. But then the next scenes are really they're, they're, they're so striking the prophecy carries on and you've got shots of landy looking at the moon through a window of like a very posh room it looks like to be still in japan at this point and yeah you get it's sh- got to be anyway until yeah I think. and it cuts then to a shot of guilin with at night with the bell tower and the moon as well and it looks it looks stunning it's, it, yeah, it's beautiful shenley three one to one almost and then you get the iconic shot of Rio looking out the dojo doors with the letter in his in his hand, clutching it. And it, then it sort of fades off, and it cuts into the the main theme song credits, which uh, I love that theme. It's really blooming addictive as well. Those credits are sick as well, aren't they? Like the animation, and you get yeah. like quite a lot of Nozomi, and then it just it starts to show like the other characters and stuff. But I just wanted to talk a little bit about the Chai thing. I don't I don't assume that we're going to get like this big kind of forced boss fight at the end of each episode to keep people going. But I, I, I can see why they may have decided to like add this fight in the first episode because it is like, you know, that realisation, Rio's teachings and stuff from his father at that moment. It's, it shows Rio's abilities as well moving forward. And it just kind of like, it just leaves... You've got to think about this episode from the point of a, a new viewer to Shenmue. They're seeing this episode for the first time, not really knowing what Shenmue's about. And... They've had a nice balance, actually. Like from the trailers, it seems like it might be quite action heavy, but there's been quite a nice balance, really, throughout these 23 minutes of action, um, walking around, talking a little bit to seeing characters. And, you know, I think they, they've done a really good job with the pacing of this particular episode. And I just think, feel like they may have just added this chai fight just as an extra little bit of, um, you know, that action focused for a regular viewer. I know it adds a little bit to a Shemu fan in terms of like seeing Chai for the first time in the dojo. That scar thing opens up again and his father's teaching. So all that does work. But I just thought that was an interesting thing that that could be a reason why they've um, not shoehorned, but just added this at the end of the episode of the year just to give it a bit more of a, a big bump before it goes. And then that 
kind of entices people into the next episode, if you know what I mean. Yeah, it does. And I think, as we know, we're going to, we'll, I wonder if we'll see Chai um, in the warehouse number eight stuff when Rio does eventually find the mirror. Spoilers for anybody who hasn't played the game, sorry. <laughs> um, we'll, we'll probably see Chai again there. So Rio and Chai are going to keep crossing paths. So I think he's like going to be one of the main sort of mini antagonists within this. So bringing Chai in early makes sense from that point of view because otherwise it, it the episode doesn't necessarily end with like a, a, a fight. It would just sort of slowly fade out. And I think that would probably not quite send the message to keep you coming back. So having the fight where they did it and the way they did it in terms of the writing was, was really well done. And then it obviously it sets up for the next episode, which um, is, is, again, it's called Daybreak. And there's a, there's a teaser out there, 30 second teaser of the next episode, which is, again, it looks like it's going to be pretty much action heavy. Mm. Have you seen that teaser, Titch? I have seen it, yeah. I tried to avoid it because I don't like going into, you know, Oh, did we spoil it for you on the stream anything. or did you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I saw okay. it on Twitter and I was like, oh, cool. well, yeah, it's, it's sort of given you a bit of a taster as to the pace of the series as well because... Yeah, we're jumping straight into spoiler alert scene. Is it Charlie with the glasses? Yeah, Charlie, Charlie. Yeah, yeah. And it's the scene's quite different to how you see it in the game as well, which is quite interesting. So yeah, I'm I'm keen to see how they play that one out because the scene with the football, as we know it, happens in Sacragalka. Yes. And in the anime, they're sort of portraying it at the harbour, so yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing that, how they've uh, managed to set the scene there instead of Sakuragalka. And I think they present Charlie as, I don't know, he seems a bit more of a threat in that. He's quite, I wouldn't say menacing in his tone, but he turns around and says, oh, I hear you've been looking for me, sort of thing. It's a bit more aggressiveness around it. And then he mm-hmm. obviously sets the guys on him and Rio, it, it, it takes him out and then he runs off. So that that would be interesting because in, in that, in the game, obviously, Rio beats him up and sort of just, that's the end of it. Kicks so, a football in his face to me. <laughs> yeah, I'm disappointed. Well, hopefully they do so, that. Well, I'd yeah, I think that. we will. I think we will. I think that's why he's holding the football, to be honest. Yeah. Um, but I think that's what makes the anime quite exciting for me. I mean, I mean we obviously, we we know the story of Shenmue, so just seeing how they're going to adapt that into this anime form is quite exciting. You know, already in this particular episode, this first episode, we've seen slight variations, new scenes and stuff like that. So it's going to be really cool to see how they actually go through the series and, um, yeah, add that sort of fan service for the Shemu fans, add some new stuff as well that we're going to get excited about. And so far, so good from, from my end. If anyone's got anything else to say regarding the episode that we may have missed... Just before we quickly move on, no, I think I think we've covered it all in quite quite good detail there. I think I think the biggest thing is actually is, the biggest thing for me is the pacing and the characterization that you're giving them at pace as well. I'm quite impressed how they've given us a bit of slice of life, a bit of getting to know the characters, but also balance that out with some some action heavy stuff and sort of setting the tone. I think for what's to come. Yeah, I totally agree. I like how. You know, the anime is sort of more fast paced. So people that weren't keen on the slow pace of the game have got, you know, they can turn to the anime if they want all the action and the excitement, but they also get the same sort of story, but a bit more in depth as well. So, yeah, personally, I'm really happy with the anime. I thought it was brilliant. Good stuff, guys. Well, before we move on, Titch is leaving us shortly, imminently. So I just hope, hoping I can squeeze in a little quick game before you go, Titch, if that's okay. <laughs> oh, I can't miss out on that. <laughs> Okay, so I've kind of made this a surprise to both of you, but 
just last week for some reason i was while i was working i was thinking it might be quite fun to have like a bit of a game with you two this is gonna be dead easy by the way this is don't don't worry about this it's not really a quiz but as i was walking around i was started having a bit of fun to myself while i'm working and i came up with i've got two so far poems okay so bear with me and they're going to be from the point of view of a character in Shenmue. And what I want you guys to do is at the end of it, you're going to get this easy, by the way, so don't even worry. But by the end of the poem, just tell me who you think wrote the poem, okay? Oh, wow. Okay, here we go. <laughs> so we're getting, the, get, getting ahead of the character, okay? So this first one I've called Why? Question mark, okay? Why? Why do I cry? Why? 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 All alone at night, why do I cry? Sitting all alone in the park at night, what a sight, all alone in the park at night. Why? Why do I have to fight here, a sight, sitting all alone in the park at night? Why? By the glow of the light, what a sight, sitting all alone at the park at night, holding on, trying to fight, all alone in the park at night. It's so shite. Why? <laughs> why, why, why? Maybe I might have to write here by the glow of the light, what a sight, sitting all alone in the park this shite night. Why? I even brought flowers for your father's altar. How could you? Whilst here I am, trying to fight, what a sight, sitting alone by the glow of the light, ready to leave on a flight, heading to Canada tomorrow night. It's shite. <laughs> why? Heading to Canada, leaving from Japan's Hanada, not just for the halibut, to live with my mum again. The flight, tomorrow night, whilst here I sit all alone by the glow of the light in the park at night. Why? You're heading to Hong Kong? Well, boy, I'll be long gone. Back home, living with my mum. I'm not going to gloat, but whilst you're on your boat, I'll be sky high, in the sky, high, like a fly, bye-bye. On your boat, the one that floats, but I don't gloat sitting here alone in the park with a croak in my throat. But why, why do I cry? I hope you die. I'm sorry that was a lie. I love you always, Rio, but I don't know why. Sitting all alone in the park at night. By the glow of the light, what a sight, waiting for my flight, I might write. My lip I bite whilst I fight for the love of my life. We rode on a bike, it's so shite. But then you arrived. Man, that was tight. I was just about to leave for the night. Especially with needing to be up early to get ready for my flight tomorrow night. <laughs> okay, so, say that when you're drunk. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, who do we think wrote that poem? I'm going to have to watch. I know. Um, Nozomi wrote that. Well done. I'm going to say Tom. Tom. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it's totally Nozomi, isn't it? Although at first I was thrown with the whys because I thought, oh, it's going to be one of the kids, isn't it? Kids tend to say why a lot, don't they? Oh, okay. <laughs> Maybe that's just my uh, poetry is uh, a little bit childish. A lot of very basic oh, words no. rhyming. <laughs> no, not at all. It's really good. Thank you very much. Hope you enjoy that, guys. So, right, we're going to say goodbye to Titch now before we move on to a little bit of a music break and we're just going to run through some Shemu community news and whatnot. So, Titch, thanks very much for coming. I hope that you can join us again for each episode. I don't want to put that weight on you, but if you want to, feel free. It'd be, be great to have you on. I'd love to. To break down each episode going forward. Yeah, brilliant. Oh, oh, fantastic. Thank you. I'd love to. It's been a pleasure to be here. Thank you both so much. No problem. So, yeah, um, catch Titch 
when are you next doing whatever you're doing, Titch? Uh, God knows what. <laughs> yeah, I'll be some, <laughs> somewhere on the internet making stuff somewhere, physical or digital. <laughs> Spot on. Awesome. So thanks again to Titch there for joining us today. And we'll probably see you again next episode. So we're going to have a quick music break now. I picked out a piece of music from Shemmy One's OST. It's called The Nightfalls. And obviously it's the music that plays during the transition period at 7 o'clock at night. Enjoy. Okay, welcome back. That was The Nightfalls from Shenmue 1's OST. So we're going to move into some quick Shenmue news roundup here now, guys. So news time, it's not a great deal to report on as such. And obviously the major talking point at the moment is the anime. But Matt, just running through the list I've got in front of me here, I want to start where else but with Joseph Kitchen Fried Noodles YouTube channel. Uploaded a new video. It's the Kitchen Brothers. Can you tell us all about this incredible video and obviously the the music that plays along with it as well this video is probably the best of the ones that they've done quite frankly um i'll try and keep this as short as i can but there's so much to talk about here so for those of you who aren't aware the kitchen brothers make their own shemmy music and videos they they've got all the like synths and midi stuff and etc and, and modules to create shenmue sounds and it's the same ones that they use back in the day to record the music. So you get that unique Shenmue feel already. And what Joe has been doing with, with his brother, they've been making these videos about NPCs that you don't hear about too much and giving them backstories and creating little videos about them, fully rigging them up as well and and, and creating new scenes for these characters. And it's, it's a joy to watch. But this one's the best of the lot. They, they've got a wild journey to sort of Bailu village to meeting a master and they've shot a bunch of new material, bunch of scenes. They've got a new model for a wow, like they've clothed him. They've got models for, they've recreated the master from Shenmue 3. I am absolutely gobsmacked at this video. It's 20 minutes long and that is probably 
yeah, some of the best 20 minutes you'll ever spend as a Shenmue fan. The music is fantastic. I think there's seven or eight tracks on there they put together. That the the rigging of the character models is brilliant. The storyline's brilliant. Just for the love of God, go and watch it. And quite frankly, I don't know how these guys haven't got jobs with WiseNet or doing something because the music is Shenmue through and through. And they probably just do it for free because they like as they love the franchise. It, it honestly, it's I'm probably I'm selling it short and I shouldn't be. Um, it's fantastic work, top notch work. It's on another level. I mean, we've obviously mentioned about the Kitchen Brothers in the past. They've got the original Shenmue equipment. They're using that equipment rather for the in the audio department to create very similar Shenmue sounding pieces of music and. This video has got seven of them, and it, it just it just fits so well. And I don't even know how they've manipulated the characters. Got these seemingly new animations. Uh, you know, they're even using character models that we've never seen before, or at least in the you know beta footage or from magazines or whatever. And uh, it, it it's just insane the dedication and the work that's gone into this. So yeah, uh, I think Matt will probably be playing some of this video in the background. So if you are watching this on YouTube, getting a bit of a taste there, but definitely go and check out the full video. It is stunning. Yeah, do it, do it now. So the next point, it's not really point, it's just a little mention. I've started seeing a lot of the limited run CD box sets coming through and people on Twitter and um, places like that, they've been posting their excitement to receiving this package at long last, Matt. So I think this is all that people have started to receive currently, correct? Yeah. So basically what limited run games do is if you've ordered things like one item, like the CD box, you'll, you'll get it. And I was lucky, actually, the CD box. We got it through Big Wax so I could do an unboxing. And it's top notch, really, really good stuff. If with limited run you've ordered other things like you've ordered the 11 LP set, which is going to be due in sometime this month, I think, or towards March, or the Shenmue 3 Complete Collector's Edition, you're going to have to hang on a little bit longer because limited run games ship everything together. But as James is saying, lots of tweets are coming out now with with more more people getting hold of this stuff. I know it's been a long wait, and I can understand some frustration around it, but. The wait is worth it. That eleven CD, eleven CD, that six CD set is brilliant. <laughs> Still waiting on mine, but just it's going to be amazing once everything arrives. The vinyls, the complete edition of Shenmue Three, and extra, you know, all those little extra empty boxes. Even <laughs> this, they're supposed to be sending. I can't wait. So it's uh, it's again great to be a Shenmue fan in 2022 with all this stuff happening. Uh, next up, Matt, Shemmusings.com. Stuart Peacock there. He's uh, continuing his fantastic blogs, blog posts, and um, he's had a little bit of a hiatus, I would say. But obviously with the anime coming back, uh, excitement set in. What can we expect from Shemmusings.com? Well, Shemmusings.com, uh, you may remember Stuart from doing this Shemmy 2 and Shemmy 3 character databases, uh, the madman, quite frankly, where he's literally categorised Every character from every Shenmue game. It's crazy. Um, and it's all in this like, database that's on his website. And Shenmuesings is a blog. Um, he's doing weekly blogs, reviewing each Shenmue anime episode, talking about some of the detailing, the lore. They're always extremely well written. I think he's trying to turn them around sort of within hours of the episode airing as well. So it'll be one of the first bits of content that you get coming out. And it's always a good read from Stuart. I mean, he's been around the community a long time. He's very knowledgeable, knows his stuff. So, yeah, go, go and check it out. He, he's a regular on our forums and, and been a supporter of the dojo for years. So 
yeah, go and check his stuff out. It's always well written, well done, and very knowledgeable. So check it out. And speaking of bloggers, of course, we've got Phantom Riverstone, who's going to be doing a similar thing covering the anime, also other things revolving the anime, I'm, I'm sure, and, and other posts as, as well. He um, comes from that more of a, a translation of the, the Japanese side of things, which is very handy for us to have because obviously we can't, not everyone has that ability to translate Japanese. So one of the posts I want to highlight here is the translated Japanese voice messages. So three of the cast from the Japanese dub of the anime, Matsukazi-san, you've got Haruka Terui, who's the, the voice of Shen4, obviously. And then, of course, Takahiro Sakurai, the original voice actor of Landy. So if you're interested in what they have to say about the anime, that they added a, f- a few little messages, actually over on the, the Shenmue anime website, which is like a brand new official website that we'll give the link for you for that in a moment. But yeah, they, they've just left some brief messages regarding the anime prior to the actual release of the, the first episode is very interesting to check out there over on phantomriverstone.com and obviously Shemu Dojo Matt we've kind of just started our own little blogging thing seems like everyone's doing a blog these days right yeah yeah we have I mean staff member Hiki's doing doing a blog for us looking at the lore and some other sort of some of the more sort of theoretical fan theory stuff around Shenmu the anime etc as just I think done her second one very recently. It's about uh, potential of Rio's mother coming into the story. Um, it's an interesting read because obviously Rio's mother, we don't know too much about her. So it's, it's it's nice to see those more obscure characters are being being looked at again. And some of the fan theory there is really cool to, to read. So, um, and Hiki you know, loves doing these sorts of blogs and they're always put together with a with a passion of a, a Shenmue fan who who just you know, loves loves it, absolutely loves it. And then we've got debuting from episode one of the anime, so it should have debuted by the time you hear this, is Splash Breeze um, from Twitter and over on our forums is going to be doing a recap of each episode in blog form for us as well. So keep your eye out for that. It should be releasing every Monday morning-ish, depending on timings, etc. because he's over in, in the USA. Um, he answered a call from us uh, when we, we launched the blog to say if there's anyone in the community who wants to do some writing for us. Um, he contacted us directly and said, yeah, I'd be interested. This is what I want to do. And we said, yep, yeah, go for it. And um, the rest is history. And it again, if anybody wants to write a piece for the community, you know, from the community for the dojo, reach out to us on social media or, or through the forums or whatever, and we'll have a chat and we'll, we'll see where we can put it. Yeah, brilliant. Brilliant. So I've got the link here for Shemu Anime, the official website I just mentioned. So it's shemu-anime.jp. And on here, you've got both Japanese and English, unless mine's just automatically translated it there. But what, regardless, you can translate the website and um, see all the news and stuff that's going on regarding the anime there. They're updating it quite regularly. In fact, the latest news I've got here is on the ending theme that's going to be Sympathy by Narudora. So obviously in episode one, the ending was actually the opening theme called Undead Noid, and it's by Kashitaro Ito. I think that was quite a cool sort of concept there that episode one is kind of the introduction to the series, which is why they've put the intro at the end, if that makes sense. So you've gone from like this this prologue kind of element of the episode one of the anime into the opening theme song. And then episode two, the show is going to start with that, I assume, and then we're going to get a different ending on the, the back end of the show there. Yeah. 
and I might actually try and dig out that piece of music, even if it is just the version that's in the anime, and we'll tack it on the end of this episode just for a bit of fun. Get the hype going. So also, again, just another little reminder on my anime list. We'll throw a link in the show notes, uh, just in case you're struggling to find the specific link, but might just describe what this is again for the listeners. So my anime list is is an anime site where like basically sort of judges popularity of animes. You can rate animes, you can add them to your lists, etc. And it's in the anime world. I, I I understand it's quite popular and quite big. So on there, Shenmue the anime is on there, and you can give it a rating out of ten. Now people have been going on there, giving it ratings out of ten. Great, fantastic, and I've seen some really constructive reviews in there. I've seen some constructive criticisms in there. So this isn't aimed at the people who actually are being constructive and what they want to say. This is aimed at the people who turn around and have been review bombing it and giving it one out of ten because they can. So what we need to be doing as as fans here is to counteract that a little bit. Um, I know it's sometimes a bit of a false economy in that respect. But it works both ways. If people want to review Bomber, we'll give it a 10 out of 10 then and counterbalance it. And then you'll get somewhere in the middle. So all you need to do is sign up with your email address and a password. Add Shenma the Anime to your watch list. Give it a rating out of 10 on your on the star system. And that's literally all you need to do. It's really quick and easy. And just, just get out there and support the franchise as much as you can. Because I think wider of this how it's received critically is going to play a, a factor into how much uh, whether we a second season or Shenmue 4 or anything else I mean I think what's probably a lot of gives me a bit more confidence is if you look at Crunchyroll the ratings at like 9.8 out of 10 and on IMDB it's around 9.5 so generally speaking outside of this my anime list where I think review bombings happened here or there um, it's being universally positively received and the reviews are excellent. So let's just make sure that message is still out there and that doesn't get lost. Great stuff, man. Hopefully everyone goes off and does that. will help Shenmue the anime and obviously potential Shenmue 4 moving forward. So finally, I think it deserves a mention just for the great work he's put into this, Matt, but Spaghetti, he's gone out of his way to create comparison videos from obviously the trailers we got prior to the anime launching. So we had one that he's taken the the, the Japanese, was it the, I'd say it was the third trailer, even though it was released yeah. alongside the same, you know, it's the second batch of trailers, yeah, but yeah. the Japanese variant, basically what he's done is he's found very similar scenes from the original Shenmue and placed them in order to the trailer. Then you've got the trailer's audio on top of that. And it works really well. And then after that, he's done a comparison of seeing both the anime footage and the game footage. And it, it works amazingly to see both of these two different types of medium on show at the, the exact same time and how similar they are. You know, it just shows the great job that the anime team have put into trying to recreate the games and all the, the minute details. But the one I want to mention in particular is the, the latest one he's just done, which we had for just prior to the anime launch, the, the kind of like the preview trailer the cave scene and this works really well because obviously now we've not only got the end of the Shemu 2 cave scene Rio and Shemfar discovering the big mirrors again massive massive spoilers sorry if you're new to the the Shemu series but uh, well it's not really a spoiler actually because they've already shown that scene at the start of the anime haven't they so I don't know what I'm talking about there <laughs> which is why there's a comparison mm-hmm. so you've got obviously the what happens at the end of Shemu 2 and at the start of Shemu 3 so what Spags has actually done here he's had all three different takes on this event and it just comes out really really well doesn't it Matt? Yeah it honestly 
Um, Spags has done a hell of a job. I mean, he turned the Shemi 3 1 around in what, 24 hours, if that? Yeah. Um, crazy work. Um, it just, it, like you said, like you just said, it, got, it shows the attention and care to detail that's gone into into the anime from the team towards in, in comparison to the games. But I think Spags has outdone himself here. Um, if you want to start digging around and looking at how close they are to the games, these are the places to start. And I'm, I'm thinking he is looking to hopefully do some more as the anime sort of progresses. But obviously, it's all a bit mental at the moment. Um, but make sure you check out his his videos, the, the cave comparison one, and also the um, the, uh, the the Japanese trailer one with with the original footage from the from the Dreamcast games because the source material has been treated with such care. I, I can't do it justice in terms of describing how well done it is. Yeah, for sure, man. So if you want to check out those videos, head over to the Shemi Dojo YouTube channel. Head over there anyway and give us a subscription. You know, click the bell and all that because um, we're going to be posting a whole heap of content nonstop for the rest of our lives, I think, Mike. Right? Yes. <laughs> at least, at least, well, you know, there's going to be a whole heap of content while the anime is, uh, is a thing anyway. And hopefully that will move on to other things. And, um, yeah, you'll never see us stop pushing out a slew of content um, from the Shemu Dojo team. So I'm going to leave it at that, Matt. I think we're going to cover probably more community news surrounding the anime moving forward as things ultimately start to pop up from different outlets. You know, we might even see some new content from the new fan base coming yeah, into the Shemu series from the anime, which is quite exciting. So if you've got anything that we may have missed, I, I don't know. I, I don't want to overlook anything especially in the community, if there's something really good, you know, like the Kitchen Brothers incredible video, if things like that, if we, if we ever miss stuff like that, guys, just drop us a message and we'll try and squeeze them into the, the show notes here just to, to, to provide that extra bit of news content for everyone. But we're going to leave it at that for now. And with that being said, that wraps up episode one of the anime, Matt. It's just been a whirlwind, hasn't it? A whirlwind. We had to go into hiding for the best part of Sunday to to avoid all spoilers and go into that completely blind. Um, I don't know if we I, could do that in the future, but <laughs> it was no, nice to I do it today. I, I think I might go insane, but we might want to do it for the last episode or something. Yeah, it's a good show. Just as a nice as a send off to the season, a way, way to finish it off. But yeah, we're we're in a good place for this anime. Um, they've set the bar exceptionally high with this first episode, and long may it continue. Long may it continue, indeed. So keep an eye out for our watch-along streams that we just mentioned there every Sunday as we cover episode two and so forth. And then obviously check out the podcast recaps like the one that you're listening to right now. They're going to air every Thursday live on Radio Sega. Or you can hang around and wait for our full release either on Friday or Saturday, depending on how quickly we can get them out. Um, But definitely prior to the next episode of the anime, we want to have that, that ready so you can catch up before the next episode with us so yeah we've got some really exciting weeks ahead of yeah, us we do we we do we have a lot coming it's gonna you're going to see a lot of us over the next 13 weeks um podcasts watch long streams interviews as well just strap yourselves in it's gonna be a roller coaster of a ride but i tell you what i wouldn't change it for the world um we're in a good place as a community i think it's a really really good time for shenmue let's let's embrace it
Look at the time. 